Yo mates, Cheeky Volley, episode 16. Today we talk to Stefan Bojic, straight from Belgrade, Serbia. If you're a tennis fan, you've definitely seen his videos on Instagram. He does some of the most unreal trick shots from all over the court, and he has over 80,000 followers. He's friends with Djokovic, Lajevic, Tipsarevic, you name it. Big Seinfeld fans living in New York also grew up watching it. And, and normally, normally every episode we do, uh, before we start, we do one Seinfeld episode. We talk about it real quick. So are you, uh, do you have a favorite Seinfeld episode? Man, but uh, I'm not like a huge, huge fan. I know Seinfeld, but. But like if you, like even, is there like one? Episode? I, it was so long time ago that I, I mean, let me think. I don't know. If you told me, if you told me then. I, I would probably remember, you know. I mean, obviously, something to do with Kramer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's but, like, uh, is there, like, one one thing from an episode or one episode you remember? Man, I'm, I'm like, uh, blank now. How do you say? Blanking. Definitely be into the trick shots. Yeah, right? Kramer would, would be, he, Kramer would like the trick shots so for true. sure. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? <laughs> What's an episode that you think maybe he's seen? Like a classic. The the marine biologist, maybe? Have you seen the marine biologist or the soup Nazi? What happens in the soup Nazi? This guy has a soup store that everyone wants to go to. And but there's a very specific way of ordering. And if you don't follow his directions, he yells and gets really hostile <laughs> and kicks you out. So they all take a field trip to visit the soup Nazi. Uh, Jerry gets it right. Elaine screws it up. George completely blunders it. Um, and then there's the, the the episode is just based on it, it, after that situation. My my favorite Seinfeld is moment is when uh, he goes on the Larry King show and uh, Larry King asks him if uh, he got canceled or what, and he asks, and, and Jerry goes crazy. He's like, "Do you know who I am? Like, we were number one in television." <laughs> Larry, do your homework. Classic. You know this interview? He just uh, I think. I mean, he's a hilarious guy. I didn't go to see his stand-up when I was in New York, which I regret in a way. Oh, yeah. We, we haven't seen it either. People, people. No. So what I've heard about his stand-up is that it's very good, but apparently he just uses the same jokes. He's, his stand-up hasn't changed in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> pretty he dollars. makes so much money, he doesn't care, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. Have you but, seen his car collection? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has those cars. I remember when he did that thing with Obama and, yeah. Yeah. But the show itself, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Here was Friends were very popular, and Seinfeld never really got that popular in Serbia. It like it doesn't translate as well to other countries. It's so like New York and. No, it does for sure. It translates. I mean, it's it's very <laughs> funny and. Uh, but uh, yeah, we grew up with Friends, for example, was was a big big show, you know, uh, from New York that uh, that we watched. Now I watch Rick and Morty. It's my favorite oh, show. Nice. When did you start watching Seinfeld? Well, I have—I don't know if I've watched, you know, you know, twenty episodes in my life, and it was kind of—I never sat through it. I mean, maybe I should do that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's time, Stefan. More Seinfeld. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, shots make cheekier, cheekier shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is Jerry the, the Jerry is the fat guy, no? Uh, that's Newman. Newman, yes. Newman. Like I feel like Novak's a pretty big Newman fan. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but uh, 
yeah, it's strange because I thought about it now and, uh, you know, friends were really, really big, but Seinfeld never was this big uh, when I was growing up. But Seinfeld is older in a way. Yeah, I mean, maybe it'll, maybe it'll take off now. So this year is actually the 30th year of Seinfeld. And the 30th anniversary. Yeah, 30th anniversary. The, the media companies here, they're, they're promoting it as if the show is only starting now. Right? So they're, <laughs> they're, still, they're still an audience to capture. So maybe... Maybe oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, these are these are classic. The, the, but you know, I studied film, so I know the significance of it in terms of sitcoms and uh, how revolutionary it was. But yeah, I never got you know got to watch too much of it. But maybe I should. You studied film at St. John's. Yeah. Who are like your favorite directors? Or- <laughs> uh, like from New York, I I like uh, Darren Aronofsky. You know, he's from uh, Coney Island. Huh. Have you seen the new Tarantino movie? I haven't. No, is is in theaters now? Yeah, yeah. it's in theaters, right? It's good. Have you seen? Yeah, yeah, we saw it when it came out. It's very good. It's good, huh? I'm pretty. It's pretty I mean, obviously, Tarantino is the legend. It's, I like it's, him, but it's still very much distinctively Tarantino. But it's enjoyable. It's it's a lot of fun. yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, Tarantino. What do you I don't know. I mean, there is many, many, many directors. Um. But when I think of New York, I think of Aronofsky for some reason, and uh, and uh, his movies were sort of very impactful when I was studying film, and he's a very cool guy. What about uh, Woody Allen? Woody Allen, I, you know, is strange also. I never became a huge, huge fan like of his movies. I don't mm. know why. Uh, but uh, I like the guy and everything he stands for. He's a weirdo, and uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he's he's a very interesting person. You know, I, I you know, like uh, I find him maybe even more interesting than he than his movies. You know, I don't know. I watched all of the classics, like you know, Manhattan and all that, but I it just never you know stick with me for for a long time. You know, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I know he probably does hate this his own new movies, you know. But like Midnight in Paris was kind of interesting. Uh, I like that movie; that was cool. But uh, I remember they asked him in an interview. They're like, he did those three movies, like Midnight in Paris. Uh, I think he did Vicky Cristina Barcelona and uh, I like, I you know, from Rome or whatever, Love from Rome. And they asked him like, oh. Where, so is the message of these three movies that love is the answer, you know? And he's like, well, you know, love is just, it's, you know, it's nice. It's like, it's like another thing. It's like uh, a cheeseburgers or a Yankees game. <laughs> and uh, this journalist, I think it's like Cannes Festival and they're like confused. He's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you, but, any, I mean, uh, continue, sorry, continue. New York is New York when it comes to movies. You can talk about it all day long. <laughs> yeah. So does does any from studying film, like some of your some of your videos are pretty well made. Do you do you make them yourself, or they, is there any? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, you know, I do everything myself in a way, and uh, I try to make it sim- keep it simple with the phone. And uh, usually there is a kid filming me, <laughs> so then I teach them quickly what to pay attention on. And uh, I think we live in a time that you know, you're allowed to do that uh, before you had to be much more educated. But I do definitely think that uh, without that knowledge, I wouldn't be able to do uh, what I've done so far, you know. 
to communicate it as well. So if you if you come to if you end up coming to, to New York for the US Open and you want to film at an interesting spot, we have a pretty good recommendation. So on my roof is overlooking the entire Central Park. I can send you a photo. Might be a, a good yeah, spot. That's, that's uh, be cool. yeah. a project, uh, a special yeah. uh, trick shot video. It's that right. Nice. You got good views. Good, good views. views. Good, full 360 view of Central Park. So. Oh wow. Uh, Central Park was my favorite uh, place in New York when I when I lived there. This was my go-to place if I wanted to, you know, have a relaxing day. So that's why I like Woody Allen. Pushing for more, yeah. <laughs> pushing for more grass courts in Central Park, but no one is interested. <laughs> <laughs> is there grass courts in Central Park? No, no. There's only there's like uh, fifteen or twenty clay courts. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, yeah. Hard true, hard true, but midway okay. somewhere in the in Central Park. Right. Yeah. 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 I I played there. I played there once. Yeah, it's nice. It's just yeah, it's, it's very nice. It's very it's nice. Super Seinfeld. The way you play over there, you can't register online. You have to go there and physically. Yeah, in the morning, and I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, there was some kid that lived around there. He was very talented, and they were Serbian descent. So I went a few times to play with them. You know. So I uh, yeah I remember that waking up they had to wake up at six and book the stand there or whatever it was weird. But, but, and so now to, are you full time coaching now? No, no. Do you just full time tricking? Full time tricking because we see there's a lot of the videos you do at Tipsarovic Academy, right? Yeah, well I live right next door to it. Oh, okay. nice. So okay. it's, it's in Belgrade? Yeah, it's in Belgrade. It's really nice. They did a great job with it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of kids. And I think uh, they have a very, very good team of coaches. And uh, it's really cool what you can get for that uh, value, I think. But it's still new, so we'll see. Do you see it as the best academy in Serbia? Yeah, I mean, I think it's possibly the, the only one, like, you know, serious, uh, you know, where you get uh, everything included. But, I mean, there is uh, maybe some other, uh, you know, smaller sort of projects where you can get some quality coaches and stuff, but it's not too much. Like everything else uh, here in Serbia uh, went through a period of transition. So when we were growing up, the system was much different than it is today. So if you said you're doing trick shots full day, what's your normal day look like then? I don't know. I like to uh, wake up uh, at a decent time. Uh, I do. It depends. Uh, it, then uh, usually I start with a little bit of yoga and then a little bit of some exercises. Uh -huh. And then uh, I try to organize it, uh, you know, to, to, to have two people come with me. And uh, so far it's been, they've been great. Everyone wants to help me. Mm -hmm either a kid and a friend, a kid that can play tennis and a friend. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, really just a few months ago, I started to do this trick shot like on the court and completely I had to change my daily routine. So mostly I'm doing that now. Yeah. So uh, a lot of organization and, you know, finding the people and the, the courts and, you know, then uh, Pre-planning how the the, the shot's gonna look like and what I'm supposed to do. So a lot of it's a, a lot different than before, where 
where I was just doing the, the stuff on the frame when I was developing that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was more of, I had a set routine every day I would go to practice for minimum of two hours of just doing stuff on the frame. And then around that, my days would revolve. But it was completely independent. I could have done it anywhere I wanted without anyone. But uh, I think I uh, sort of stopped doing that recently because I came to uh, a certain conclusion about what it was that I was doing and what it is. And, uh, you know, I created a few performances. So now if I have to go somewhere to perform, I can just uh, review it in a way and... Uh, you know, and then once a week, I still, uh, two times a week, I still do it, that uh, part of training where I work on, like, new stuff. But for me, it sort of uh, encircled itself because uh, I, I finished this book now about why this stuff is very, very good for tennis. And I think in this book, I explain why, you know, why I did this in a way and, and uh, why I think it's uh, very beneficial for the world of tennis. Um, and the way I observe it now, the, the stuff I'm doing on the court, like trick shots and stuff like that, I think can bring and, and lead towards maybe some exhibitions and, and, and stuff like that. I'm not sure. But I think it's just a, a way to distribute the idea where people find it very interesting visually. And it just proves, in a way, the, the freedom of movement that I have. And I think people are uh, connecting that to my previous work, you know, with the stuff on frame. So, uh, two questions. What is the name of the book? And then why do you think it is good? Like, how do you think it helps tennis skills in general? So, the name of the book is, I call, uh, I call it The Feel Method and uh, Elementary Techniques. Say it one more time, the what method? Feel, feel. Oh, the feel method, okay. Uh, and the, 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 the subtitle is Elementary Techniques because these exercises, the stuff I'm doing in the frame, is I called it in the beginning Elementary Techniques. Uh -huh. And uh, why I think uh, the film had a, why I called it that uh, is because there's a lot of this, you know, talk always about this feeling and this feeling. So I go into, I break down what is this feeling, how it, does it develop, what is it built on, sort of level by level, uh, what it is, and then I go why these exercises would enhance uh, sort of this you know, inner connection and where you, you would start to feel better. And it all comes down to uh, coordination uh, skills, which are specific for tennis. And, uh, you know, if you look at different sports like football or basketball and how much this culture of, let's say, freestyle uh, impacted the game, mm -hmm. uh, we don't have that in tennis yet. And the, the, the strangest thing to me is that maybe it's the most important in a way because this is exactly what it is, is coordination. It's just like skills, you know? Mm -hmm. And in tennis, it turns out that it's the most demanding sport for coordination comparing to all the, the popular sports. You know, it's very demanding in terms of motor control and, uh, you know, the way you, you, before you can even develop technique. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's what I think. Yes. When, when did you start doing trick shots more seriously? Sorry? When did you start doing trick shots more seriously? Like, it sounds like you, you were always good at this, and then only maybe a year ago you started to think, all right, maybe you could do something more than this. Obviously, it's now resulted uh, in... So after my college, I started to explore this stuff. So trick shots is what I call, would be the stuff that I do on the actual court. Uh -huh. uh, freestyle, 
is for me or at least that's what the people called it is the stuff that i do like with the frame in the street and stuff like that uh-huh. so, so i started first with freestyle and that was like you know although all, all of it it doesn't really matter you know could be called freestyle whatever uh i just don't see the trick shot part connecting to that in terms of there is no shots <laughs> so uh you know, I started doing that right after college, and from day one, it was a project, sort of uh, exploration. And then um, it took some time to, to develop it, and you know, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And uh, it's just about finding ways and thinking critically what you can do next, what it is, um, you know, how how can I uh, distribute the idea. But I, from day one, I was very sure and uh, about my vision and. I think through time it's that it the, the, that it's becoming a normalcy thing in, in tennis that everyone sort of is at least a little bit doing it um, is you know is sort of a proof to that to, to my thoughts in the beginning. But uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. Is there a uh, is there a particular racket that you think is best for doing freestyle? I mean, I I, I work with uh, I worked with uh, head uh, for a few years. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I use their radical, and uh, you know, even their speed is good. And prestige is okay, but it has that plastic part. Uh, I don't know about the new one, but uh, any any brand has at least one racket, sort of a flat frame. And I told them in the beginning that they're gonna this is gonna impact the design in the future. They didn't believe me, but we'll see. <laughs> because they, uh, yeah, you know, like it's very like. You know, like Babolat, uh, Nadal one is, is tough, huh? That one is tough. But usually with any racket, I can The beat is rounded? Yeah, it's rounded. It's also, it's not so much the shape of the frame, but the plastic, you know, the grommet. Sometimes it sticks out. Uh, and it's really one-fourth of the frame is that you're using. Because as soon as you miss that plastic, it's going to go left or right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who, who do you think has the best trick shots on tour? Or who, what professional do you think is the best at trick shots? And well, uh, trick shots and the freestyle. Trick shots, I think Cuevas, to be honest. I, because yeah, for sure. I saw him play this match in Wimbledon against my friend Junkor, and he just did, like, you know, he's just so, he's a weird player. Uh, so him, I think, is very, very smooth, huh? Do you think do you have more trick shots than Cuevas? Yeah. Who? Do you have more trick shots than Cuevas? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, it, you know, one thing is if you're playing tennis, is really. I don't think there is much room for that, you know, uh, to do it in a match, and uh, the 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 risk or the benefit is really strange. So, uh, I know why I do it. Uh, I, I don't see any any negative impacts of that, but then if I was playing in a match, I don't think I would would necessarily use them. <laughs> I think there there could be a nice, uh, interesting you know event in the future where you could incorporate these and maybe give some bonuses around them. But I don't think there is enough guys that, that are able to pull this off yet. But I wouldn't be surprised in the future. The kids that are growing up now, you know, who knows? Maybe it could be interesting. What are your What are your thoughts on Kyrgios trick shots? He, obviously, he tries to do them all the time. What do you What do you think about them? I mean, is you know, I'm, I think it's something mental with these players that when he serves like underhand serve, 
and they miss. It's unbelievable to me. Because anyone who plays tennis can see it's, it's really an easy ball he's giving you. So why are you missing it? I don't know. I think people are just getting pissed off. And I, I don't think they're right. I think if you want to serve underhand, go ahead and serve. I mean, the job of the other player should be to kill you. It shouldn't be to go and complain that you serve underhand. Like, you know, I don't see it as disrespectful. I see it as not very smart. But, uh, in, <laughs> but it works for him. So <laughs> who's there to say... At the same time, you know, like I said, trick shots during a, a tennis game uh, brings a lot of uh, entertainment. As you can see, he's very uh, likable by the fans. They, they all love him. But I think it's just his attitude towards the game itself that allows him to explore this. I think if everyone was like this, that everyone would make highlights like that. But people just don't want to risk it, you know. So mm -hmm. maybe, he, he, you know, he likes to do that, but then for sure it has negative consequences on, on his overall performance. So, I, I, I mean, who knows, maybe it relaxes him, maybe it helps him, but I don't know, if it was me, I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't do it during the match. <laughs> mm. well, while in practice, I think it can be very beneficial and, you know, bringing this fun and, you know, breaking the monotony. You know, we've been doing tennis the same way forever and <laughs> anyone that worked as, as a coach knows that is not very necessary. You can hit a cross court. You do it every single day to hit a cross court. <laughs> you know, I think this is only 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 in tennis that we we do things that way. It's, it's kind of strange, but yeah. Are there are there any particular pros that you have a, like a closest relationship to? I mean, all of the guys that are from this region, sort of. Uh, you know, Serbia and Croatia and Bosnia, I, I know well, we all speak the same language. And, uh, you know, then, uh, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of international uh, guys, too, that that I met. And they, um, you know, one of the cooler things that I think what I, in what I was doing was the, the relationship that I had with, with the players, especially when I'm on the tournament, because, you know, there is no conflict of interest. So I can talk to any everyone and... You know, they don't see anything wrong with what I'm doing. It doesn't, you know, hurt them. So they, they are always friendly and they're very respectful because at the same time, they understand the, the skill level. Uh, they understand how hard it is. So they, they all give me a lot of respect, which is, you know, super nice because these are the people that I uh, highly respect. I know how hard it is uh, to do what they do and uh, how unconventional it is, really. So, yeah, I mean, you know, from, I don't know, Djokovic and team and, uh, you know, from the big stars and, and, and Zverev, I don't know, all of these guys, uh, I mean, I met somewhere along the run and, and they're always nice uh, and they always ask, you know, do I have a new train? <laughs> a lot of pressure. I feel like, so, wait, you said Serbia, Croatia, and what was the third country? Bosnia. In Bosnia. Bos well, Jumhur is Jumhur. the we only player. We, we were at the U.S. Open, and we, we, we try to go each each year with, with some of our friends, but in 2017, we saw a good match, Jumer versus Rublev. That was a good... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time yeah. we saw him play, it's really no, good. It's cool. when, he plays, uh, when he plays well, man, he's one of the most fun players to watch on the tour. A lot of drop shots. He has the, 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 the deadliest drop shot out there, and good. he has so much feel and touch. It's it's unreal, you know. And when he's in the zone, it's really bizarre. And for him, you know, what's strange that when you're looking at the match from the side, you know, it just seems it's so extreme. But then you see he's doing it for two hours constantly, 
And then you got to think for him, it's normal huh? to hit those angles and those passing shots. It's just so many good, good points uh, he plays in a, in a match. With it. So uh, I was really uh, his fan before uh, we became friends. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. So one yeah. question on, on the topic of Croatia. What yeah. do you think about Djokovic and Ivanisevic? Oh, I mean, it's it's great. Uh, Ivanisha is also a, a legend here, you know, so it, it must be fun for them. I think mostly these guys that uh, bring these legends in their teams, you know, it's not necessarily about fixing the forehand or the backhand. It's it's about the energy in the team. It's about telling stories that nobody knows, uh, you know, providing some form of inspiration. And I think they uh, uh, are a great match, I hope. And... Uh, I think they, now they continue to work uh, together in a way to travel. And uh, I know Goran also, uh, you know, is trying uh, also coaching for, for a while now uh, with, with a few players. And I think he's, he's a really cool guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. He's always super nice. Fun, yeah. What about Serbia and Croatia? Both have like a lot of pros, I feel like, in the top 50. Yeah. And Croatia also has like some legends, right? Ljubicic, Ivanisevic, yeah, yeah. Well, historically, yeah. Hist first, it was the Croatians that broke through in a way. Although we had one player before, uh -huh. uh, but and then came Djokovic. Huh? So I think it's connected in a way. Although we had like uh, Selesh, you know, Monica Selesh is from my hometown, and she played uh -huh. for US. Uh -huh. So I think, I mean, these role models in a way are the most important for kids. You know, you can provide structure, you can provide all that, but you know, someone has to show them, hey, it's possible to do it. And I think, uh, look, we have now, I think, four or five players in the top 50 uh, from yeah. Serbia. It's really incredible. I think for Capita, it's maybe the best in the world. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, I think, yeah. I, and why is the reason why? I'm not sure. I mean, it's very athletic. Uh, countries in a way uh they do well in sports uh, i don't know did you, uh, did, you grow, did you grow up playing with any of the top serbians now like lajovic jerry kredinovic yeah. well lajovic and kredinovic we were on the same like uh teams junior davis cup teams huh? kredinovic is two years younger dushan and i are the same age and for sure we grew up uh playing together and like i said before i think this was one of the main benefits of growing up here in tennis and why, you know, they progressed the way they did is because there was a strong sense of community and everyone's trying to help each other in a way and um, everyone was uh, playing with each other. So I think this is something that's very hard to achieve and uh, is one of the problems why, like we said in New York, you know, everything is very structured and because of the structure, it's very hard to achieve that. So yeah, Lajovic is, and they, yeah, we still stay in touch, and uh, he just won uh, Umag, which was his first yeah, title. That was pretty cool. He had a great year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he started to work with this coach, uh, I think, two year and a half, two years ago, and in the beginning it was a bit hard, and then they made some changes, but they they're doing really, really well. I mean, on clay, he's he's a top twenty player for sure, and even more than that, and on other surfaces, yeah, I mean, so it's it's very realistic. I think his ranking is not something that's surprising at this moment.
Were there sure. were there any players in the or any coaches in New York that you were particularly impressed by or in general underwhelmed with the tennis? Uh, coaches? Yeah. Oh, I haven't met too many of them, but um, no, I, I wasn't very impressed by that uh, in New York. Uh, yeah, I didn't really. Yeah. I don't know. I I was I guess I wasn't interested to find out more. I'm I'm sure there are good coaches. Uh, one of the problems with U.S. tennis in general, I think, is that uh, I don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong, but it seems like there isn't a lot of international coaches. I'm not sure. It must be hard to get uh, papers, and uh, USDA is very strict with this of not hiring uh, foreigners, which I think is a mistake, uh, especially. If these foreigners are going to help you bring uh, bring players, and then these players are going to help you, you know, put the name of the country out there and stuff like that, I, you know. But I guess that's more complex of a subject. Um, but in New York, uh, yeah, I don't know. Osaka grew up in New York, no? Did she? I don't know. Between the U.S. and Japan, but I think, did she play in Florida? She may have. I've got to check that. But, you know, interesting, yeah. What about, is there, so she had some good coaches, I don't know. <laughs> is there a place for junior development uh, or an academy in general that you think is the, is the strongest? In Serbia or in U.S.? Just, or in Europe, anywhere in general? I don't, I, you know, I, I haven't, I can't say because I haven't been through this process, but to me on the side, uh, I mean, here it seems they're doing a good job, especially helping the guy, uh, girls and guys that are already there, like Tipsarovic Academy. Uh -huh. uh, um, now they work with most of the players from the region mm -hmm. are involved on some level because they're also an agency and all of that. In terms of academies around the world, uh, I haven't met them or, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, at the Piatti, Piatti seems to, to be doing some interesting stuff and, uh, you know, so that that's something interesting and their approach is uh, different it's not an academy it's a center where you come and they give you some tips and they work with you and i think this is a very good way to work which no one else is doing in the world in a way you know what do you what do you mean why do you think it's different because the academy is where you live and you do everything but there you can come for let's say a month and uh, they do an assessment on all levels and they give you some tips on what you're supposed to do in which direction they think you should go and then you can work on that stuff at home with your coach and you don't you know you don't have to leave your country or your city and really at the end of the day it's an individual sport so it's very hard to manufacture champions you know either they they have it within or you know or they don't in a way although it's it's cruel to say but you know, it's easy to say, like, when someone made it, like, oh, yeah, he was for sure he was going to make it. It's never like that. Of course, they need facilitating and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I when you look at their stories, it's always very individual. So it's never built at the academy. It's never it's a family project. They try to, yeah, they try to do the, their best. Hmm. What about, are there any... Uh... When I think about like the different, um, the the freestyle and the trick shots, it kind of it kind of makes me think of some of the different players. Like, uh, I think a lot of different players, a lot of different tennis players, have kind of unique routines. 
like yeah. Vince all the stuff with his with his hair and touching his wrists and stuff before the uh, are there are there any particular players that you think they have like interesting idiosyncratic routines? Oh, you know, all of them. Uh, it's a psycho sport. <laughs> who are who are some of the ones that you find the most uh, the most interesting? Maybe I don't, I don't really pay attention to it. I mean, Nadal is obviously up there. Huh? Uh, I don't know. I think you know Monfils is interesting the way he waits for the serve. I think it's strange. <laughs> how how does he wait for the serve? He's like uh, I don't know. I would have to imitate. He's, he, he stands. You know, is is different. Uh, I don't know in terms of idiosyncrasies. I, I don't know. I, I can't give you like a, a what big is, secret. What is, Maybe. what is Tsitsipas do with his shoes? <laughs> yeah, Tsitsipas' shoes have been ripping a lot. I don't know if I, I saw that. that. Yeah. Uh, or maybe Rublev in 2017 he was ripping his shirt every time he got pissed off. That was, um, <laughs> usually, yeah, usually had some interesting yeah. ones. I, I, so I grew up in Miami. And I was a ball boy at that tournament, and uh, I was I saw that live right in front of me when he when he hit his head. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's tough, man. I mean, I don't know. It's very. What did I don't know? I can't tell you. What does what does the rest of your summer look like? Uh, well, I I wait now to find out if I'll go to U.S. Open or not, but nice. I. I, I don't know. And then uh, in September... What, what depends on... For you to go to US Open, what's like the... What does it depend on? Oh, it depends on sponsors. Uh, this one would be like with uh, New Balance, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. And then uh, it's always like a project, you know? So it's never... Although people always ask me, oh, I see you at this term. <laughs> I don't know. I might, I might not. It, it might end tomorrow. I mean, as, as far as I know, there's no like certainty. Mm -hmm. And then... In September, I go to uh, Italy. It's like a show, you know, Italy's Got Talent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go there as a, as a Serbian. So that could be interesting. I don't know. Uh, I haven't done that before. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my next trip. Where, where in Italy? That's in Milano. Nice. Sick. Yeah. So and right now, like uh, like I told you, I'm more focusing on on this stuff, and uh, I think pretty soon I'm gonna yeah do some uh, like a school of that online or something like that. I might release uh, yeah because I think that's maybe the right way to do it. When you go to uh, if you go to a Grand Slam, what does the what does your schedule look like? Well, it depends. It's always different. Like at, at Wimbledon, I was there with one of the sponsors. Uh, you know, and then it turned out like four other things happened while I was there that I was supposed to do. But for this sponsor, it was just like taking some photos and it wasn't exclusively for Wimbledon. And then at Roland Garros, it was with Lacoste. So they had their own schedule for four days. And mm. then I spent an extra two, three days just to, to watch some, some matches and, and hang out with, yeah, there. Sounds mm. so good. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Uh, who, right now, who would you say some of your favorite players on tour are? I mean, from I mean, uh, from the younger guys. Or, I mean, let's say like the younger guys, younger. Yeah, guys. younger guys. The, the next gen. The next gen. Well, the next gen. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. This is my opinion. I don't think we know the next gen. 
Mm. Uh, I think, you know, like Felix is one of them. I think, uh, you know, Shapovalov could be, but it's not easy for him. Um, uh, you know, there is some interesting players coming up, like Sinner or, mm. you know, I think, uh, I think you, Ketmanovic, the Serbian guy, could also be very consistent yeah. in the future. The year. problem I'm having with the tall guys that are top next-gen guys is that I, it's, it hasn't happened yet in a way. Although Felix is tall, the same as I think Tsitsipas. I think they're the same height. Yeah. But uh, it's different. His, his motor control is different. It doesn't seem, it seems very composed with his height. Uh, the problem is that it's very hard to change surfaces. And in order to dominate the sport, you have to change the surfaces. And so far, this has shown. Uh, if they can overcome that, it would be interesting. Uh, I mean, they're obviously the top, uh, and they can play big matches, which is important. And, you know, Tsitsipas is a very interesting player, as Zverev too. Obviously, they're all uh, struggling much more than, uh, you know, Novak and Nadal and, you know, even Federer were at, at their age. This is just the reality. And I don't believe uh, in this sentiment that, oh, the world changed so much, it's impossible to be young and successful. I just think it's, it's timing, it's generational. Uh, you know, I think there will be next, next uh, guys, uh, some guy will come or, you know, and they were just going to crush it, you know. <laughs> yeah. it could, you know, this is, you know, I don't know, I might be wrong. You think, uh, do you think Zverev wins a Grand Slam? I, sh I mean, yeah. I don't think these guys are not going to be number one in the world and not win Grand Slams. But in terms of dominating the sport for like 10 years, it might be some other guys. I don't know. I mean, it's very hard to say at this point because they're facing, and I think that's more to do with them than themselves, they're facing their... Uh, they're facing their sort of ultimate challenge of tennis where you have these three guys who are just incredible and uh, you have to overcome them and at the same time you respect them too much, uh, which I think is one of the problems. Mm. It's like playing your dad or big brothers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's a really interesting point about you said how the next gen isn't really there yet. And it's, it's interesting. So two, a, a few weeks ago, Murray gave an interview and he said, you know, just despite being out of tennis for a year and a half, one of the reasons he wants to come back and play singles at the Open and try to return a singles next year is it feels like this new generation hasn't really made it back yet. Mm. I have my theory about it. <laughs> What's yeah, I <clears throat> well, I think what happened a lot, uh, what happened, one, one thing is that this generation was so strong, they sort of made the, they put their hand on the tour and they just you know, when you, it's like a revolution needs to happen. You have to take them off before you can take the throne. So it's the same in, in anything. <clears throat> and I think uh, they were so strong. A lot of the generations, like my generation, got destroyed and didn't get a chance. Because tennis is much different. You don't get drafted on talent and then you get a few years to develop. Either you're on that level or you're not. Either you're a top 100 guy or you're not. There is no, like, someone's going to wait for you. So there was a few-year period where this age of 87, 86, 88 generation, born in these years, were just 
you know, killing everyone. There was like 50 of them, <laughs> you know. And then when you look at the, you know, the tour, it's 20-year period, you know. What I think happened with the kids, this is my theory, I don't know, <laughs> it may work, uh, is that, and that's something I wrote about it also, I think that the racket changed so much that it allowed the kids ease of access to speed and power in terms of strokes, and they haven't developed this underlying, uh, you know, skills of control, and uh, which are plenty. It's not just one skill of control. And what I think happened there then is when they come to a level, so they then become very successful juniors, hitting the ball really hard and beating everyone. And then when they come to a level where it doesn't really matter anymore how hard you hit because everyone hit fast, then some other things come into play, you know, uh, just athletically speaking, you know, not going into uh, mentality, mindset and all of that. So I think, you know, that could be one of the reasons. And this is, to be honest, when I look at the players, you just see there is something that these guys are on a different level athletically. Uh, than the young guy, you know. I mean, it's it's very easy to notice watching. What I'm surprised is nobody, you know, you had Federer who was like the Jordan of tennis and nobody was trying to encap uh, encapsulate that. Well, in basketball, you had Jordan and then you had a hundred new Jordans. <laughs> you know, you don't have the same guy. You had Dimitrov, though. You had Dimitrov. So, what, what did the, so Dimitrov, what, but what? Dimitrov is my age. I mean, it's not like Federer, he's not, I mean, he's what? Eight years younger, he didn't grow up. Is he not like? Did he not model his game totally after Federer though? Uh, forehand and serve, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously, just athletically speaking, he was very promising. He he was very obvious. So it just uh, he had some other issues. He wasn't the tennis was never the problem for him. Mm -hmm. Anyone. So, but. Mm. So are you are you saying that like someone like Federer who grew up playing with a racket that was less powerful developed more feel because of the racket he was playing with, and then once yeah. technology caught up, then those things went together. But like someone like Zverev, who's played with uh, pure drives and radicals his whole life, has had like uh, yeah, just net because of the technology, never developed like hands or the feel that someone like Federer would have. Perhaps, you know, it could be. I mean, I'm not talking about Zverev particularly. I mean, these guys are all incredible, especially comparing to me. <laughs> you know, who am I to talk about them? But uh, at the same time, I think so, yeah. I, 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 I really do think so. I was at, like, this European Championships under 14, and I went to play with this kid, and they would hit a kick serve, and it was incredible, you know? And I was like, wow. When we were 14, there was no chance, you, you, you know? So their level is much higher, yet when they get to 20, 21, it just, the progression stops in a way. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it's strange. All right. It's a hot take. It's a good take. Good take. All right. <laughs> I, feel like, uh, I feel like we've, I feel like this is like, I feel like we're just about finished here. All right. All right, dude. Well, much appreciated. Excellent. Thank you. No problem, guys. All right. Have, All right. A, have a nice downward dog. <laughs> I'm about to do that now. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Later. All right. Bye.